What up, son? It's the tale of the tapes. The fuck life. Saying. All right, back. Episode three. Um, I I just want to before we go anywhere, I just want to say that last week. I kind of fucked up. I said at the end of the episode that we were covering Run DMC this week. Um, I had made a post on the page about it, already addressing this issue that we're not covering Run DMC this week. We're covering Run DMC next week on episode four. This week is the Furious Five. Um, really, they're called Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five, but there were some splits and name changes that had gone on, which we'll get into later, so... For now, let's just call them the Furious Five. I'm pretty sure everybody knows who I'm talking about. Uh, the members of the Furious Five are Melly Mel, Scorpio, Keith Cowboy, The Kid Creole, and Raheem. Um, obviously, Grandmaster Flash is a member of the Furious Five, but Grandmaster Flash was not a rapper. So, um, we're not talking about him in this episode. So, let's get into a little bit of... The background with Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. Um, we talked about who the members were. They're from the Bronx, New York City, New York, USA. Um, John was listed as hip-hop. Years active are listed as 1978 to 1983 and 1987 to 1988. We'll get into more now about the breakups and some general information about the group. So... Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five was an American hip-hop group formed in the South Bronx of New York City in 1978. The group's members were Grandmaster Flash, Melly Mel, The Kid Creole, not to be confused with Kid Creole and Coconuts frontman Kid Creole, Keith Cowboy, Mr. Ness, also known as Scorpio, and Raheem. The group's use of turntablism, breakbeat DJing, and conscious lyricism were significant in the early development of hip-hop music. In the late 1970s, Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five built their reputation and achieved local success by performing at parties and live shows. By 1980, the group had signed with Sugar Hill Records. Under Sugar Hill Records, the group rose to prominence in the early 1980s with their first hit, Freedom. It was not until the release of the song The Message in 1982 and the album of the same name that they achieved mainstream success. The song provided a political and social commentary and went on to become a driving force behind conscious hip-hop. The message is often cited as one of the greatest songs of all time. Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five split into two separate groups due to differences until a brief reunion in 1987 led to the release of the original lineup's second album, On the Strength. Afterwards, they disbanded permanently. Today, the group's legacy continues as Grandmaster's Furious Five, with only Melly Mel and Scorpio as the remaining members. The group are widely regarded as one of the greatest groups of all time. They were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2007. They were the first hip-hop group to be inducted. In 2002, its first year of archival, the message was one of 50 recordings chosen by the Library of Congress to be added to the National Recording Registry. Rolling Stone ranked the message number 51 on its list of the 500 greatest songs of all time in 2004. 
I mean, from that, you can obviously tell that they're going to have a significant impact score. There's, you know, there's first there, the first hip-hop group to be inducted into the Hip-Hop Hall of Fame, things like that, you know, among other things. Um, so just big shout out to the Furious Five, all five members. Um, again, I, you know, I wasn't around during most of that or, you know, into that scene during most of that, but again, tremendous impact pioneers of the game. Got to give credit where it's due. You know, a lot of artists wouldn't be here today if it weren't for people like this. I take nothing away from them. So, but all that said, let's get into our breakdown of one of their songs. I'm going to hit randomize on the list and it is... Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five Underarms. Okay, so let's get into that right now. And let's dissect what we hear. Okay, first of all, automatically, let me just point out that Everything that he's saying is in succession. You're going to hear me talk about, you know, with multiple artists that bar A doesn't lead into bar B or bar A doesn't have anything to do with bar B. I'm not saying that everybody has to do this every time. There are plenty of verses that are totally random that were slaughtered by people. I'm not saying that every song has to have a topic or anything of that nature, but he's clearly... This all goes together. When you got a hot date and you want to be fly, throw on a Gucci blazer and a Gucci tie. Not a hair out of, out of place, a freshly shaved face. You think you're walking out the house with style and grace. Those all lead into each other very well. He's talking about a certain thing. He's staying on that topic and his bars are leading into each other. He's painting a picture of what he's saying. Okay, so we now realize that this song is clearly about having smelly underarms, which they're going to get credit for off the bat because that's a very original and unique topic. Clearly no one before this made a song in hip-hop about underarms, and I don't really remember anyone after it making a song about underarms. I remember Bismarck E doing the dragon about bad breath and things like that, but this is obviously a pretty original song concept. And as long as they're able to keep that topic, which they have so far, but as long as they're able to do that throughout the song, then this is going to be an above average song just based off that alone. Uh, the, the level of their lyrics and how good the lyrics are and things like that could also drive the score up. We'll have to let it play and, and see what goes on. But I also want to point out before we go any further that we don't necessarily have the same thing going on here that we had going on with the two previous artists. Now you have in an instance here where... In one line, not a hair out of place, a freshly shaved face. You think you're walking out the house with style and grace. There's three rhymes in the two bars, okay? Not just two rhymes. Now, this is obviously not going to cause a grave difference in a lyrical score, but I want to point out the, the separation here. 
if you have guys that are having six, seven, eight rhymes in two bars and stuff like that, they're going to get better scores than people that are just having one rhyme per bar. You also have more often in this one, multi-syllabic rhymes. You pick up your girl and you take it to dinner because when the night's over, you think you're going to win her. Okay, you got... You're, now you're having two syllables. Again, you're going to have people in the future that are rhyming six and seven and eight syllables and stuff. There's people that go crazy with some of these things that are technically mind-blowing. But right here, I just want to point out how there's, there seems to be a little bit of a step up in the lyrical quality so far as compared to the artist prior. Okay, so you have a couple of things there. You have another rhyme where you have, I describe your aroma as foul and pathetic, and they could use your odor as the latest anesthetic. That's a pretty good line, especially considering how early on we are right here. Pathetic and aesthetic. So you have a three-syllable rhyme there, and you also have a little bit of a punchline there. They can use your odor as the latest anesthetic, essentially insinuating that you smell so bad people are going to pass out when they smell you. So, the song continues to climb right now. They, they've still kept the topic that the song is about. They're not going off and rapping about random things and going on tangents about guns or, or drugs or not that that happened that often in this era, but it doesn't matter what you're talking about. If you start talking about random things when you have a song about somebody's armpits, you're going you're gonna to lose credit at least on that song for being able to hold the topic. So let's get into more of it. Okay, I still just want to point out that most of the rhymes are still one syllable. You do have the majority of the lines in this song are simple rhymes and one syllable. But you do have, in almost every verse, at least one example of where there is a multisyllabic rhyme. And you also have, so far, in every verse, a line that at least it makes you laugh or it makes you make some kind of face or something. The more you ignore, the worse the smell grows and you pick at all your clothes by using your nose. It's a funny line. It's it's not incredible. It's not, you know, ridiculous. It's not a mind-blowing metaphor. But I just want to point out that other things are being done here than were done prior. Another good line. Again, you... 
again you have a, you have a pretty a pretty good line there now that's two that's two pretty decent lines in that verse um I couldn't hold a conversation I was holding my breath a little wordplay there couldn't hold the conversation I was holding my breath you, they're getting they're getting a little more artistic and creative here than than we saw prior Again, you got a little bit of a line there that makes you chuckle, or whatever the case is. Um, I, again, I, I don't want to tell you know, I don't want to say that this song was directly scored in a particular way on my on my thing. But again, just skimming through it right now, that that's a good song. That's a good song. Technically speaking, that's a good song. Uh, it's it's an original topic. It's a unique topic. They were able to keep topic. Uh, there were enough good lines in there, I thought, to raise it a little bit above average, coupled with the fact that it was an original idea and you know a unique song idea and the fact that they were able to hold that topic. I think those handful of things carry this to where it would have it probably got a two in my rating of what I was doing. Um, I want to point out how none of these artists had solo careers, but as we touched on right before we listened to this, they did split into two different groups and stuff like that. So it wasn't impossible to score these guys individually, although they were all very similar. Um, they were very similar in every way. They were very similar lyrically. They were very similar in impact. Very similar in almost every way. But they did they did split. They did have songs where maybe someone wasn't on it or, you know, things like that. Where it was a little bit easier to cause separation here. Much more so than it was to cause any separation in the Sugar Hill Gang. So, with that being said, let's speak about the actual individuals in the group will start off with Melly Mel who is currently tied for 36th overall of 109 artists so so far out of everyone we've done up until this current moment Melly Mel is tied for the highest right now so he takes the lead as far as as far as right now is concerned here's the notes that I took down on Melly Mel while I was listening to the Furious Five Melly Mel was probably the biggest name of any of the rappers in the Furious Five. Lyrically, however, he was just about the same as the other members. Melly Mel had two albums with Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five, and two with Grandmaster Melly Mel and the Furious Five during a disabandonment with Grandmaster Flash. Three of those albums were average, and one was good. Of the 39 songs he released, he did have a great song, but he also had seven weak ones and four of the remaining songs were good. The Furious Five in general had a huge impact on hip-hop, 
as did Melly Mel himself, influencing the likes of Diddy, Cormega, Biggie, Snoop, and many, many others. Being one of the original couple of rappers, Melly Mel was super original in almost every way from his image to his message, etc. The only drawback was during the breakup of the Furious Five, he did appear to have stolen the name Grandmaster from Grandmaster Flash. I mean, that's that's kind of obvious. That kind of goes without saying. When you're in a group called Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five, and then you break up and you call yourself Grandmaster Melly Mel, I'm not saying he bit him or whatever the case was because I don't know what his intentions were behind doing that. Maybe he just wanted to keep a similar name so that the fans weren't confused or whatever the case is. But from the outside looking in, it, it's not... You gotta lose a little something there for originality. It's not the most original thing you could have done. Um, his scores were... In lyrics, his lyrical score is a 4, which is also the highest of anyone that has gone so far. The three Sugar Hill members were a 3.5, and, and Curtis Blow was also a 3.5. Melly Mel is a 4. So you can see the score reflected a little bit from the, the, the dissection and the breakdown that we just had of the song, where I was pointing out little things that seemed to be just a little bit better than prior and you can see that in the score they got a four instead of a three and a half the album score for Melly Mel is a 3.38 with zero classics again we spoke about that classic thing it's a technicality um, none of those albums were scored as classic albums his song score is a minus 1.5 we just spoke about how he had one great song and also had seven weak ones his impact score is an eight and a half and his originality is an eight and a half all that added up and divided by 5 gives you a final score of 4.58, which again ties him for 36th overall of 109 artists done so far. Now let's move on to Scorpio. Very similar here. You're going to get a little bit of a different description for each guy, but it, this is mostly going to be the same stuff. Um, that's why the whole group is being covered today. Normally, I really just want to keep each episode to around two people, but if it's a single group, um, I you know I probably can get in most of the, or all of the members in the group in one shot, depending on how similar or how different they were. Wu Tang is going to be a different story. There's nine members that all had a, you know tremendous solo careers and stuff like that. They're going to have to go by themselves. That you know that would be a six-hour-long episode. But getting into the next guy, Scorpio. Scorpio, not as well known name-wise as Melly Mel was, was still able to hold his own with Melly Mel. Lyrically, he was just about the same give or take. Scorpio was a part of the two Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five albums, plus the two albums with Melly Mel as he stayed with Melly Mel through the breakup. Three of those albums were average, with the other being good. Also like Melly Mel, he had 39 songs, with one being great and seven being weak. One place where Scorpio and Melly Mel differ slightly was in the impact category. Although they had the same effect on the same artists, Scorpio was not quite as big a name as Melly Mel. I, I don't think that there are that many people that know the Furious Five and don't know Melly Mel, and I would probably say the same thing the opposite way there are probably plenty of people 
who know Melly Mel's name. And if I said Scorpio, they wouldn't know who I was referring to. So it's a very little difference. It's a little subtle difference, but Melly Mel seemed to be in more of a lead role position than anyone else in the group. Scorpio did, however, make up for that slight difference in the original originality category where he obviously didn't call himself anything else that somebody prior to him had called him. I, I do think it's a little bit weird, too, that not only did you kind of take that name from him, but if there was a disabandonment and you left this guy, you probably weren't very fond of him, at least in that moment. So for you to turn around and take somebody's name like that that you weren't fond of, to me, just... You know, it could have just been a, a moment, you know, a, a lapse in clarity or whatever it is. But, you know, you need a little more originality and, and, and thought put into something than to just take somebody's name who at that time you're not even in agreement with. Um, so let's go over Scorpio's scores. Lyrics is the same as Melly Mel. He got a four. Albums is the same as Melly Mel. 3.38. Song score is the same as Melly Mel. Minus 1.5. Impact is an 8 rather than an 8.5, and, and originality is a 9 rather than an 8.5. Which obviously gave Scorpio the same final score as Melly Mel as their scores were almost identical aside from the impact and the originality, which evened each other out. So 4.58 for Scorpio, which also ties him for 36th overall with Melly Mel. So Melly Mel and Scorpio tied for 36th of 109 artists done. Okay, let's move on to Keith Cowboy now. Although all members averaged about the same lyrically, if there was anyone who at any point seemed to be pulling ahead in this category, it would have been Keith Cowboy, especially early on. Like Scorpio, Keith Cowboy also was a part of the two Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five albums, plus the two with Melly Mel as he also stayed with him and Scorpio through the breakup of the group. Of those four albums, one was good with the other three being average. Same as Scorpio and Melly Mel, he has 39 songs on his resume with one being great, four being good, seven being weak, and the other 25 being average. The Cowboy was more so like Scorpio in the sense that alone, he may not have had the same ring to his name as Melly Mel did, but he did have a major impact on hip-hop, and he again made up for what he lacked in the originality department. His scores are actually identical to Scorpio's. He got a, a lyrical score of 4, the albums are 3.38, songs is minus 1.5, impact is 8, and originality is 9, which comes out to 4.58 the same as Melly Mel and Scorpio. So Melly Mel, a little bit different scores than the other two, but they come to the same conclusion. All three of those guys are tied for 36th of 109 artists done so far. Now we're going to get into a little bit of a difference here. Uh, you have the Kid Creole. Uh, Kid Creole was about the same as the other members lyrically, but he did have a great delivery. Creole was also a part of both albums with Grandmaster Flash and The Furious Five, but one area where he differs from Cowboy, Melly Mel, and Scorpio is that when the group split, he stuck with Grandmaster Flash and dropped three other albums with Raheem and Grandmaster Flash. All five of those albums were average albums. Kid Creole released 48 songs throughout his career, 
Only one of these songs was great while seven were weak and two were good. Although not necessarily the most popular of the group, his impact on hip-hop was still tremendous with influences on artists such as Diddy, Jay-Z, The Game, and many, many others. Like most of the rest of the group, you'd be hard-pressed to find anything unoriginal about Kid Creole. So, lyrically he gets a 4. His album score is a 3.17, which is a little bit lower than Melly Mel, Scorpio, and Keith Cowboy, who had the 3.38. None of them had any classics. The song score is a minus 1.29. The reason for that being, all four of these guys had the same number of great and weak songs, but the Kid Creole released more songs. So he's only losing 1.29 as opposed to 1.5. Because yes, he had seven weak songs, but he put out more songs, so the ratio was lower. His impact score is an 8. His originality score is a 9. And the final score for Kid Creole is a 4.61, which ties him for 40th overall of 109 artists done. Moving on to Raheem. Although Raheem did wind up with the same lyrical score overall as the rest of the group, you could tell his rhymes were geared more towards the ladies. All members of the group had mostly super simplistic rhymes and songs that were more of the party disco type, but they also had some very conscious lyrics and were able to keep topic when they wanted to, which is exactly what we just saw in the song that we broke down. They kept that topic very well. Every bar was related to the... the the name of that song. Like Creole, Raheem was also part of the two albums with Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five, and he also went with Grandmaster Flash and Kid Creole during the breakup and did three albums with them. Again, all five of those albums were average. Of the 48 songs altogether, he had one great one, but he also had seven weak ones. While influencing the same artists as Creole, he definitely managed to have a major impact on the hip-hop game as a whole, while still remaining one of the originators. Lyrical score is a 4, album score is a 3.17, songs is minus 1.29, impact is an 8, originality is a 9, his final score is also a 4.61, which also ties him with the Kid Creole for 40th overall of 109 artists done. So now that we've gone through a couple of things now and we've, you know, we're through nine artists, I would like to go over a little bit of a list and talk about some lists that I'm going to be naming in the future. So at the end of every episode, we're going to go over the, the current final list. Um, once we get to a certain point, we're not going to name every one every week. Uh, we'll just talk about updates and changes if anything needs to be done like that. But, you know, when we get to 270 guys done, I'm not going to name 270 guys to you at the end of every episode. But for now, we're only at nine guys. So let's talk about where we're at so far right now through the first nine people done. Uh, first of all, we're up to 1982 on our study, which is the first, the year that uh, the Furious Five's debut album came out. So our current final list is we have Melly Mel, Scorpio, and Keith Cowboy tied for 36th of 109 artists done. So have everybody done so far, they're in a three-way tie for the top spots. They're not in the top spots overall, they're 36th of 109. 
but they're holding on to it right now. They're the best of the people that we've gone through so far. After those three, we have the Kid Creole and Raheem, who are tied for 40th place of 109 artists done. After them two, we have Master G, Wonder Mike, and Big Bank Hank, tied for 48th of 109 artists done. And then last but not least, we have Curtis Blow, who is in 79th of 109 artists done. So, so far you have nine artists that have been listed on the podcast so far. Tied for the top spots are Melly Mel, Scorpio, and Keith Cowboy, followed by the Kid Creole and Raheem, followed by Master G, Wonder Mike, and Big Bang Hank, and then we have Curtis Blow. So, I think we're making progress here. Um, I just want to say that I feel like each week is going to get better, and I feel like each week is going to get a little more exciting because you're going to have some really, really, really great artists coming up with you know, great lyrical scores and stuff like that. Um, I think it also would be a really cool idea to start to break down like the top 10% of everything. Obviously we need at least 10 guys covered in order to do the 10% of anything. We're up to nine right now. So next week when you add in Rev Run and DMC will be up to 11. So I think starting next week, what I want to start doing is I want to start putting the top 10% in like different categories. So next week, we're going to have 11 guys done. At the end of that show, I'm going to put who the number one person is lyrically so far. I also would like to put a top 10% from each region or state. So, you know, you have all these different places that people are coming from. Right now, I don't think any hip-hop artists have come from anywhere other than New York. We're very, very early in this. You're seeing a lot of the groundwork for hip-hop being laid down right now. A lot of the pioneers. As we go on, things are going to start to venture out. You're going to start to see people come from the South. You're going to start to see people come from the West, the Midwest, um, all these different areas. So I think it would be cool to point out who's scoring you know, the top guys in each state. Uh, I think it would be cool to see who the top guys are lyrically and stuff like that. So starting next week, we're going to start listing some other lists that will grow over time. You know, when you have 200 people done, the top 10% is going to be the top 20 guys lyrically. So uh, we'll start doing that from here on out. I think that'll be cool. I think it'll be interesting to see you know, what people are the best in certain areas and what people are the best lyrically because, you know, you do want to know this stuff. At the end of the day, you, you know, you don't want everything to be void and invalid just because of something else. Well, this guy's lyrical score is fucking pointless. What does it matter? He had no Im impact in hip-hop. Well, let's not just rule out one aspect because another aspect falls short. That's what the whole point of the final scoring is, but I do think it would be cool to point out how different people were good at different things and see who was the best at certain things. Um, I just want to remind everybody that the page where you can follow all the formulas, all the updates for the podcast, who's going to be on what week... Uh, just everything about this in writing is at www.facebook.com slash tale of the tapes podcast. Everything is spelt normally. Um, next week will be episode four. We are covering run DMC next week. 
I know I made that mistake, and I said last week that Run DMC was this week, but we are covering Run DMC next week, um, and that's basically it for this one. You know, we covered who we had to cover. I uh, gave some general knowledge about uh, the Furious Five. They had obviously very big impact and originality scores. The other scores were were not so great, but it's interesting to see how it plays out when people have big scores in one area and lower scores in the other. You, you kind of want to see, does it carry them? So we know where we're at so far of 109 artists that have been judged so far, and we know where we're at so far of the nine artists that have been covered in this podcast. So again, next week, Run DMC, tune in, Tale of the Tapes podcast. We shall see you next week. Tale of the Tapes. Might as well.